I'm Noah Walsh, and here are the news bulletins on DCUFM. A man who stabbed his nephew 27 times, resulting in his death, has recently uh, has received a life sentence in prison. The killing took place in November of 2019. Uh, the man, who is 28 years old, said a voice in his head caused him to murder his 11-year-old nephew uh, in southwest of Ireland. From the 11th of February, special schools in Ireland will open back up. Uh, 50% of students will be uh, returning to classes in special schools across Ireland. As well as this, mainstream schools will be opening again for classes for people with special needs from the 22nd of February. Meetings will be taking place regarding the fate of this year's uh, Leaving Cert. So it will most likely be happening next week uh, after it was thought to take place this afternoon. There's a possibility that students will have the option of taking their exams in June or receiving uh, calculated grades like previous years. And in other news, famous comedian Eddie Izzard recently took part in 32 marathons as well as 31 uh, performances in the space of 31 days. Uh, in total, he ran more than uh, 830 miles, raising over £275,000 for multiple charities. So hi everyone and welcome to DCUFM's Newswire where we'll be looking at the top news stories of the week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DCU Newswire and let us know your thoughts on the news of the day. For first story, uh, we're going to go over to Roisin who's going to tell us about the special schools reopening. So we just have some breaking news just after coming through in the last few minutes in relation to the reopening of schools. Special schools are now set to reopen on February 11th, followed by special classes in mainstream schools returning on February 22nd. This is, of course, not the first time that the government has made a decision in relation to this reopening, um, but the two previous attempts were unsuccessful. The INTO and FORSA, which represents the SNAs of the country, now support the government on the latest planned reopening. So um, a max of 50% of pupils will attend special schools on alternating days and special classes in mainstream schools will see a max of six pupils. So um, a few points of discussion. Is this the right decision at the right time? And would mainstream schools the next return? What do you think, guys? I think it's 100% the right idea. For once, what you think is the right idea has been done. Uh, it's a bit late, but it's happening now. So I'm glad people are getting in, especially the kind of people who are vulnerable that need it. And in regards to mainstream schools, I say it's just a matter of time. They're next. They can't do one without the other. They kind of go hand in hand. So I think it's a good step. Yeah, 100%. I would agree with you there, Jack. Um, I think um, children, especially, and people in special schools probably need their routine. And like to go to school, like it wouldn't really make sense. Not that it wouldn't make sense, but they need to be in school and to be learning and to look after properly. So I think that is a really good decision and hopefully uh, mainstream schools can reopen next because if I have to listen to my sister giving out about online learning one more time, I'm going to crack up and that's it for me. Yeah, I agree with the both of you as well. I think obviously it makes such a difference for for the kids to be back in school and for the parents as well. Some parents that are working from home and trying to do everything all at once, it just take a load off them. And yeah, hopefully it will go ahead come February 11th. Yeah, definitely. So our next story, um, Jack is going to talk to a girl from DCU who has blew up on TikTok recently. So Jack, over to you. Tonight we have a very special guest on. Uh, she is the creator of the Sylvanian drama TikTok account that has filled a void in a niche style that we never knew we needed, but now know we love. 
the owner of the account that some are calling the new soap opera. At the time of this interview, she has over 2.5 million likes and 118,000 followers. Please welcome Thea von, von Engelbrechen. Hopefully I said that right, Thea. Hello. Pretty well, yeah. How are things? How, you're, you've got this yeah. newfound fame. Yeah. <laughs> Thea, this is your first official interview since you've, since you've become TikTok famous, the term is. Uh, now, I know myself... <laughs> I had to do my research to get my head around this topic. Um, so can you explain to our listeners what Sylvanian drama actually is? So basically, it's an account that I started. It was literally just for my friends. I'd taken down all my Sylvanians from the attic with my sister and we were setting them up and like doing like outfits for them. And then I started making these really dramatic videos with them all like people getting hit by cars and overnight it got loads of followers so I literally wasn't even expecting that to happen. Mm. I, I have to ask as well because I'd never known this was a genre. How did the idea stem? Was it just a thing of you saw these Sylvanian figurines and thought we're just going to do this? Was it just as like spontaneous as that? Well I, I had them set up and then I thought it would be so funny to make uh, a TikTok to the Olivia Rodrigo song with like the blonde lab- Labrador so I made that on my own account and then I thought no that's actually really embarrassing if I post that on my actual TikTok account so then I made the Slovenian one and I posted it on that and then I was just like laughing making loads of them. So we are one week into your crazy success on the internet how's it been from I think was it you were saying <laughs> Sunday was when you started if I'm correct? It was last Friday that I made the account. Friday. And you've had almost oh well a good weekend even or a good span of half a week to let this sink in how does it feel uh it feels really weird especially because um like just the, the one i posted yesterday like that was when it really was like crazy but uh, like before that i didn't think much of it it was just a little mundane thing that you thought was a bit of fun yeah um I was talking to a friend of mine this morning and I told her I had an interview and I mean this honestly when I told her she started hyperventilating when I told her that it was the Sylvanian dramas and it wasn't a fake account that it was the actual one and so um, and by far she's not the only person who's had this reaction um why do you think so many people are in love with these style of TikToks? I don't know I actually have no idea like I think it's just like uh, a sense of humor like it's just my sense of humor and Obviously, some people get it. Like, some people don't. My brother and my dad don't find them funny at all. So I think it's just like a niche sense of humour. You either get it or you don't. Yeah. So you know yourself you have this huge following and you see all these numbers on the screen. 2.3 million, 118,000. But um, I'm going to read off some stats for you real quick. As you're well aware, you have 2.5 million likes. It's jumped up, hasn't it? Uh, it well, t- have a, we'll have a live update. Yeah, 2.5. Yeah. Your growth yeah. is really difficult because every time I write a script, I have to check the facts on it because the numbers keep going <laughs> up. So two, 2.5 million likes. And that's very mm-hmm. easy to read on a screen. But I'm going to try and rationalize that for you. 2.5 million is greater than the entire population of Slovenia. 2.5 million is greater than the Irish lottery jackpot this week. And this one is the one that really took me back. I got my calculator out and did my maths. If you put 2.5 million people head to toe on the floor and you laid them out, they would cover the width of America from coast to coast and then some. So you're talking Hawaii as well. If you laid all your followers out on the ground, they'd cover the width of a continent. Oh my God. What, what were your initial thoughts when you saw this huge exponential success on your followers and they just kept going and going? What was running through your mind? I just thought it was so funny. Like, I just, I, I was just laughing so much making them and, like, reading the comments. I just, 
I just thought it was really funny. Um, on a quick side note, uh, what do your parents think about this level of success? Are they in support of it? Do they not get it? What's their take? Um, at the start, they didn't get it at all. Well, my mom thought they were kind of funny. And uh, like, I still don't think they really get it, but they respect it now because it has followers. So. It's It's got numbers. So they're like, okay, this may actually be something. Yeah. Okay. Um, from what I can see, the public are absolutely loving these, obviously. You had mentioned to me in the pre-interview uh, that you couldn't reply to all of the comments and you really wanted to. So I, uh, let's try and do something a bit fun here. I'm going to read off some of the comments you have on various of your TikToks and you can tell us and the commenters who wrote them if they ever get a chance to see this what you think. First one. Okay. I, I don't know how I got here, but I'm very glad about it. I don't know how anyone got there either because I didn't even have like hashtags on them. So I'm actually confused as to why they're on people's screen page as well. Next one. That ending was better than the Titanic. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Like, You're a bit of a hidden script writer in you maybe? Maybe you might go into kind of a field I like think, that? I think the reason why they're so funny to some people is because I don't like plan them before. I have like a big box of all the little accessories for them and I just look through it and find all the things so like the endings are always because I find something really funny in the box of Sylvanians and then I just put it into the ending so okay. I don't even like think of them before we've got a couple more now uh, th- the next one this should be on Netflix it's better than Riverdale thank you that's all I've said is that it's just thank you for this part I don't know no, I know I, I, I checked these that was genuinely serious because there was loads of sub comments as well agreeing with it and stuff oh yeah no, the, <laughs> these are the good ones and the final one I think is my favourite this one is in all capitals just to emphasise it I've never felt so many emotions what the hmm yeah I think I, I, again I think that, I that was that. That, was, that was I know that was off the TikTok where I think somebody gets run over the emotions <laughs> one um, just overwhelmed yeah okay your work has gained the attention of some huge mainstream media outlets as we know uh the daily mail and rte have already been in contact with you does this level of exposure bother you or are you kind of shining in this new limelight um i'm happy because it looks good on my cv that's like the only reason but i think um it's funny that like they even noticed it I'm, i'm surprised that they got in touch with me I never thought of it by that, by that angle as well, because to have on your CV, I've been contacted by yeah. the National Broadcaster of Ireland and a huge outlet in England is a very big thing to have under your belt already. Um, yeah. You, you know this yourself, but a lot of famous people have interacted with your videos, and by a lot, I mean a lot. I'm just going to mm-hmm. list off a few individuals to help build the picture here. Up the top, you already know yourself, Dixie D'Amelio. Underneath that, Chris Clemens, Jake Fellman, and Ireland Baldwin. These huge names have managed to stumble upon basically a set that you have built in your bedroom just because you were bored one day. Is that, is that, is that sinking in or is that still kind of a bit numb to you? That is the craziest thing. Like, yeah, like we were on a Zoom yesterday when Ireland Baldwin liked it and like I follow her on Instagram and everything and I think she's really funny. So when, when it came up that she liked one of my older videos i was so shocked like that was just like i literally felt like i was gonna cry i had to run downstairs and tell my mom <laughs> i was so excited and obviously oh, this video following me is like my life made like i could literally die happy tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's it bucket bucket list has been finished yeah. oh well there's one last question i'll leave you off with um what does the future of the sylvanian drama account look like i think i'm just gonna keep doing the same 
pretend that I'm doing making really weird, over dramatic videos with them, and I'll just see what happens. Just see how it goes. Yeah. Ride the way for as long as you can. And who knows, you probably still will keep going at this level of growth. I wouldn't be surprised in a month or two months time, we'll be having a much more different conversation and you'll probably have much more <laughs> higher up people instead of us just reaming down the side of your screen. <laughs> but th- thanks a million, Thea, for chatting to us. Uh, it was really funny. I learned a lot in the past 24 hours about Sylvanian drama and the, the way it's just taken the public. Uh, thank you for si- taking the time off for this. Thank you, Jeff. Um, now we're going to go over to Sarah um, about a sort of different kind of story and about international travel yet again. You ready, Sarah? So travel abroad without reasonable excuse is now punishable by law. Out of 800 people coming into the country on one day last week, 397 admitted they were returning from holidays. From Friday, a provision was introduced that makes travel to an airport in Ireland without reasonable excuse to leave the state an offence. This was introduced by way of a statutory instrument signed by Health Minister Stephen Donnelly and means that people in breach of this can now be subject to a fine of €500. Last week, almost 4,500 passengers arrived at Dublin Airport in the first three days, according to new figures. While this number is significantly lower than usual, it underscores the challenge in persuading people not to undertake non-essential travel. Of the more than 2,000 people who landed at the airport on Tuesday and Wednesday last week, about one third were returning from holidays. Taoiseach Michal Martin has spoken out and has been specifically critical for those who may be leaving the country and returning for the purposes of a holiday. Gardaí have also been increasing their visible presence at entry points to airports, including checkpoints to ensure people are traveling for essential reasons only. So just to pose the question to everyone here, do you think the new system put in place will be effective in stopping non-essential travel abroad in Ireland? Most definitely. Like, it's kind of good to see that they are putting the foot down. I mean, this is something that should have been done a long time ago. It should have been done probably sort of in the summertime or uh, September, you know, when people were still able to easily move in and out of the country. And, you know, with that came loads of cases coming from abroad. And I think, especially now, like, we're still in, like, what, a thousand cases a day. I think it is going to really help. I think in the coming weeks we'll see, uh, you know, the results of how this will really help, you know, sort of bring down the, the number of cases and it'll be interesting to see if it will work. Because I, I don't think there's any need and I don't know why anyone would want to, like, I know people want to, like, go abroad and stuff, but I don't know why anyone would think in their own mind that if they don't have, like, an extremely important reason to, to leave the country to go abroad or to you know why would you you know like at the height of a pandemic so for anyone who does have that idea at least you know that's it's not going to happen by law um i'd really um agree with niall there but i also feel that there is always going to be an exception to every rule as with the 5k rule as with the international travel rule and unfortunately, we've seen the term essential work really stressed over the last few months. And unfortunately, that term has been definitely misused um, at many opportunities. So I do feel like there's always going to be a few that will feel that they're above the law or maybe 500 euro might not be that much into their budget. But I'd love to be like that. But um there's always going to be exceptions to rule. But I think this kind of fine does set a precedent and kind of puts more taboo on the idea of international travel, which would make people think more about it in terms of shame, even in more 
then in terms of money, it's kind of that kind of social taboo. And yeah, this definitely isn't the right thing to do. Um, yeah. Have we any other opinions on that matter, guys? Um, is 500 euro enough? I, I think it's a very nice median amount. You can't, I think 500 euro is fair because you can't, obviously that's easy for some people, but let's say somebody rocks up and they decide they're going to try and chance it. At least you're not going to bankrupt somebody. You can't go forking out a 10,000 euro fine. So it has to be kind of an in the middle. So obviously for some people, yeah, that's grand. But from the majority, that's going to be a big inconvenience. That'll be a that'll be a big kind of deciding factor on people taking that risk or not. To be honest, I don't think that it is uh, big enough. I think, I think, I think people will still continue to get um, out of the country. I don't think the measures introduced are going to make a significant difference in the next few weeks. Reading an article today about just the travel. Um, the travel fines for people that are caught without reasonable excuse. It seems that me, even Michal Martin said it's going to take a few weeks for it to actually be, you know, in place and be properly, you know, everybody's going to be stopped and et cetera. But from what I've been hearing and from what I've been seeing, it seems like a lot of people are still being able to travel um, without, without, um, without being stopped. So I think, I think it could be a little bit more, maybe to get people a little bit more scared about traveling abroad because that like that is the root of our problem it really is um it's the the people going away and bringing it back here and the different strains all of it even over christmas like thirty-seven thousand people traveled here from the uk and we wonder why we the strain is you know so so widespread it's 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 a really huge problem and i think it definitely could it could be worse the fine could be definitely even a thousand euro um maybe that would stop maybe that would finally stop people and make them think about how serious this is yeah that's a completely valid point sarah i hope now that as we kind of move towards to the year anniversary of COVID-19 um, and the first lockdown that we kind of set that kind of precedent for the next few months to come. Now, Valerie, we're going to go over to you and chat a little bit about UC- USI and how they're working to improve student well-being. So last week, a press release published by the Department of Further and Higher Education announced a working group is being created to enhance the well-being of third-level students with the Union of Students in Ireland, the USI, plan to chair the group. Current president of the USA, USI and chair of this working group, Lorna Fitzpatrick, has mentioned the aims of this group being to identify and work through the challenges of, quote, COVID-19 on the learning experience of students. Minister Simon Harris has also said they will focus on refining and implementing strategies to enhance learner engagement and well-being. The group will also work on dealing with social issues, which specifically link into mental health and sense of belonging, according to Fitzpatrick, incorporating college, further education and training partner representatives, with DCU Vice President for Engagement and Development, Dylan, being one of these representatives of the the advisory group formed by the USI. Many students have praised this initiative as they feel like this gives students a chance to have their voice heard after being neglected since the beginning of the pandemic as well as try help relieve some of the stress and pressure caused by the current world climate. So just some points to discuss again. So do you feel that third level students have been kind of left out or neglected from a lot of government discussions on dealing with in the pandemic? And maybe do you have any changes that you feel like should happen? I think as 
third level students, I wouldn't say we've been left out because the system, the hierarchy of communication in a college or university is much different. We can always turn to a class rep who can then move it up the chain, bring it to a student union uh, leader if we need it, and it can go all the way up. Our voice is heard constantly. So I think, to be fair, I have to say it's not like our voice wasn't heard. Of all places, I will say DCU does hear what we have to say and it makes sure it goes to wherever it needs to go. Nothing is ever silenced. I think it is very fair. We actually do have a voice. Yeah, like I agree with Jack uh, for most of what he said. I think that, yeah, third level students, we, in fairness, like the lectures and everything, that they're all doing their best. We're just making the best out of a bad situation, I suppose. Um, I think that in, in ways, like there has been nothing said about third level students as in about the fees or anything like that, which I think could definitely have been reduced. We're all essentially doing an online course and some of us are doing a course now that we you know, we didn't plan on, let's say, for example, some people are like this year is not meaning anything towards their degree anymore and stuff like that. So maybe they could have reduced the fees for students. I know there was the 250 euro, but like, does that really, is that really enough? Like after this whole year, we have to pay 3000 euro or some people have to pay more money. And I just think it genuinely for an basically an online course, it could have been reduced. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think we have been as looked after as we we could be. Yeah, I agree with um, I agree with Sarah, but I think like what's crazy is just the whole like I think we are being looked after, but it's just the 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 only literally only problem is probably the fees, like the fact that it's like a three thousand euro registry fee. Like I I could be wrong in this, but that's not for the actual lectures so like the lectures themselves are free like we're not we're paying for the registry to actually go to college and we're not even going to be on campus so we're pretty much not really we're paying three thousand euro i know minus the 250 now but like for nothing so i think that's probably the only thing that you know annoys many students and that's the only problem but i mean apart from that yeah students probably are being um you know listened to and then looked after well enough um yeah absolutely valid point niall i feel that like jack said at the start um thankfully we do have a means of communication to those higher powers and luckily most people in university education are over the age of 18 we're adults we can communicate what needs to be done what changes need to be made i feel like most members of the public really will um feel for the leaving cert students because you're in that kind of vulnerable position where you can't get your voice heard and there isn't a means to change this massive system that has been around for so many decades now for our next story, um, we're just going to have a little bit of a chat about Stephen Donnelly and the infamous thumbs up. So the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, has been sent thousands of thumbs up emojis by Twitter users after reports emerged on his correspondence with members of the National Public Health Emergency Team. An article in the Sunday Independent revealed the discussions which took place between Donnelly and Chief Medical Officer Tony Houlihan in the pandemic's second wave la late last year. On October 12th, Houlihan explained to Donnelly via text that case numbers were increasing and urged the minister to be cautious in his public messages. Donnelly appears to have ignored that text and can continue to communicate with journalists, saying that transmission was slowing in Dublin and that the outlook was positive. Houlihan then sends a follow-up text informing Donnelly that the OR number in Dublin has increased from 1.2 to 1.3. To which our Minister for Health responded with a thumbs up emoji. 
Since then, thousands of Twitter users have been responding to Mr. Donnelly's tweets with thumbs up emojis. On Sunday night, he posted a tweet about vaccine updates, which received over 6,000 replies, all of which were thumbs up emojis. So points to discuss here, um, clearly a lack of communication skills and um, problems communicating with the press and replying with a thumbs up to such a worrying message um, is a little bit concerning for the leaders that are in charge of this country. What do you think, guys? Yeah, very sort of, um, I don't know, I, w- I wouldn't go as far as saying unprofessional, but very sort of relaxed approach from from Stephen Donnelly the fact like he was he was sort of told watch what you say to the to the press you know uh, and then he just went on and did it anyway and then when warned again just kept uh, sort of like it was just a thumbs up but like you know when you don't really know how people are phrasing text something like that you just exactly know what he meant by it like there's so much behind just one thumbs up and then, of course, classic like Twitter reaction, just everyone jumping on it. And like now he probably completely regrets how he acted in that situation. I'm, if I may, I may take a bit of a devil's advocate approach to this. Like, I think it's just a bit of crack. Like, it's not it's not the end, end of the world. He didn't throw up a middle finger to a camera. All we hear is negative news, negative news. At the end of the day, it was a private text message between two people. We've all sent stuff that probably wasn't on the proper topic or the right mood in a text. It's very hard. And I just think it's just a bit of a funny story. I think we're making a bit of a, a mess out of nothing here. I think it's a bit funny. I think we should take the positive image. It shows there's a bit of human in people, that it's not all dream gloom it maybe I get the topic wasn't the brightest but at least it wasn't a, oh it's all game over it was something a bit lighthearted. I gotta give respect to him for that I kind of like that yeah I completely agree with you Jack there to be honest with you I think um when I first saw the story it reminded me a lot of um when I sent like three paragraphs of text to my dad about what's going on how my week has been and immediately I just get a K and then I spend about two hours wondering, do my parents hate me and are they going to disown me? And what did I do wrong in the last 21 years? But realistically, people's texting styles are extremely different. And especially with that generation, um, they kind of do keep it. But I thought it was quite funny that a lot of Twitter users were kind of pointing towards this kind of revolution in terms of thumbs up. Um, but to be fair, there has been a sense of isolation among people since Christmas. You know, so many people breaking the rules, so many people who have been isolating since last March that it was nice to see that kind of um, all in this together kind of thing that was a thing during the first lockdown, whereas everyone kind of grouped together to, um, yeah, just like make fun of Stephen Donnelly for a little bit but like you said Jack I really do feel like it was a bit of fun and I don't think anyone is reading in too much into um into this thumbs up um just add I think it's just sort of oh can't remember what I was gonna say uh just the fact that I think it's good to see that like someone like this in such a high position is sort of you know, he doesn't constantly just speak robotic in text like, you know, you think they might because the only time you really see them is when they're given reports or updates on the virus. The fact that, you know, and also the fact that everyone sort of took it in a lighthearted way. No one, it seems, really read into it. It's like, oh, he's giving a thumbs up. That means he doesn't care about the country. That means he doesn't care about the, this problem. Um and like I think it's just a classic sort of Irish reaction where everyone just goes yeah, what he did and sort of like repeats it back to him over and over again until he gets sick of it but I'm sure he just finds it a laugh 
Yeah, I think as Roshin said, it was probably his response of saying K. Just he did it with a thumbs up, I guess, hopefully. Um, what's his name? Wasn't too offended by it and didn't start contemplating his life, whether the minister hates him. I think, like Niall said there, that basically um, it kind of does bring a sense of humanity to these people. Um, it reminded me a lot as well of when Leo Varadkar was spotted with cans in Phoenix Park and everyone was in uproar. Um, but strangely enough, it gave me a serious sense of relief that he enjoys a few bag of cans with the lads. Like it really gave me that kind of humanity and that things might be okay. Um, um, just bits like that, or even whenever Professor Luke O'Neill mentions coppers, it really just speaks to my soul in some way, shape or form. Um, but I think we might just finish up there this evening. We've had a lot today. We've had civilian families. We've had thumbs up and... Yeah, lots of education arguments. Um, so um, that's all from us this evening. Keep in touch on Twitter and on Instagram at DCU Newswire. If you have any thoughts on the news of today, um, should people be travelling abroad? Are Sylvanian families the way to go for the next lockdown? And um, thanks to all the team and see you next Monday. Take care, everyone.